0: Comes louder. He's one on one with Hemsley and Hemsley blocks it. Mitchell spins on Child's hand one. Cal up top. Shepard. Shepard was asking for it for three. Oh. He dropped it. He, he was Watson. What? And a foul. This is a clinic. This is Aztec basketball. Aztec Nation. We are back at it with another episode i got another early morning pup cast going for you here uh if you're new this is the aztec breakdown podcast i'm your host my name is trone make sure to follow the pod make sure to find me on social media at twitter at aztec breakdown i'm on instagram tiktok all at aztec breakdown and find the website aztecbreakdown.com for uh, longer form written analysis and thoughts and things of that nature and then on the website you can also get like video examples of some of the things we talk about on the show here it is the basketball off season, which means there's not much to talk about especially in terms of of college basketball things just move a lot slower and there's a lot less that happens so we're gonna start with football we're gonna start with football your San Diego State Aztecs won their first game at snapdragon stadium against idaho state an fcs team and uh i mean one it's nice to get the first win that's 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 a good thing it's nice for the team to get a win in general the game the game started off looking a little rough i'm not gonna lie right idaho state gets the opening kickoff and in a couple of plays they travel 70 plus yards and score a touchdown and you're like oh this defense you know they did not look great against Arizona maybe that was a fluke maybe they just weren't ready for it. maybe they prepared for something else I don't know and then this FCS team comes down and just goes down the field I think it was like two or three plays and scores a touchdown and that's it's not looking good and the Aztecs get the kickoff and the returner fumbles the ball on the kickoff and luckily the Aztecs got it back but that's that's not a good look right had had Idaho State gotten that ball now they're in scoring position again that could have that could have right changed changed a lot of things they didn't though the Aztecs recover they get a little lucky uh but then the Aztecs go three and out on offense and they do so I'm pretty sure they called three passes and that in and of itself isn't a great look at least at least to me this this team year in and year out right the team tends to be built around its defense and its special teams then on offense you want to run the ball and you want to control the clock like that's what they do right that's how this team works and so when you when you're scripting your plays, you're opening plays to start a game and the first three plays are all passes, it just it deviates from that identity. And I remember thinking last year, early in the year too, that like this team seems like it doesn't have its identity. Now how much of it is is you know coaches being forced to do one thing due to like talent or Or, you know, Coach Hoke has mentioned that he wants to get the passing game going more and how he thinks Braxton Burmeister might be the guy for that. And that's great, but I think, honestly, and and I know, like, I'm on Twitter and I see everybody, like, this team is very uncreative with their play calling and all they do is run the ball all the time and stuff. Honestly... For me, and I know I might be in the minority here, it doesn't bother me all that much. It it bothers me when it's done the way it is now, which is like, just like I'm saying, like they're going to pass the ball. oh, the pass isn't working, well now we'll run. Because now, you're showing that you're running because you can't do anything else. You know, Braxton Burmeister finished with, I think it was 107 or 108 yards through the air. It was a pretty decent completion percentage. I want to say it was 16 of 25. So that's solid. That's above 60%. Early in the game, he was missing a lot of open receivers. He was overthrowing them. He was just, you know, hitting them too far ahead or too far behind, any number of things. Towards the end of the game, I didn't get to see the last offensive drive. The second to last one, though, was eight or nine plays. Four of them were passes, and Burmeister completed every one, and they looked, they looked good. So, you know, hopefully something like that is able to help him get tuned up, is able to give him a little bit of confidence, something to build off of. Because if he can keep making throws like that, then this team will be in much better shape. But I I personally just feel like the team needs to commit to, at the very least, an identity, right? And, and hopefully the identity that, that they're designed for and that they're built for, which is, you know, pound the rock and play good defense and obviously you need to mix in passing in there uh mixing it in isn't going to work though isn't going to help if it's not successful nobody's going to care so the team has to pound the rock one one example that that irked me in the game and ultimately it was probably the right decision but it just kind of shows once again like do they actually have this identity of being this physical hard-nosed run the ball team and it's, it's, I think it's the third quarter and the Aztecs have third and two are, and it's from the goal line. So it's third and goal from the two yard line and they called the a pass and I'm th- sitting there thinking like it, if you want to be a running team, like you need to have the attitude of it's short yardage situation. You know we're going to run the ball. We know we're going to run the ball. But you're not going to be able to stop us. And that's how it works. And maybe that's a little idealistic with this young offensive line still trying to to get things together. But that, that feels like the attitude you have to have. And then it goes incomplete. And then it's fourth and two. And they settle for the field goal. And in this case, that was fine. And in a lot of cases, it's probably the best option just because the offense isn't going to be great so you got to protect the points but I do once again I feel like if 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 it's third and two you know you have two chances to move the ball two yards so just run the ball they know you're going to do it but that's okay because they can't stop it that would be the identity I feel like the team should have and it seems like they don't right now all that being said it was a win defense looked better. It's a little tricky though because it was an FCS team. So we'll have to see how they look against Utah. Things things are not looking great. Utah's looking pretty good this year. And granted they were pretty good last year and the Aztecs beat them, but these are different teams, right? You can't take stuff like that for granted. So this, you know, Utah's looking pretty good. Aztecs are gonna have their hands full. At this point, I feel like two and two would be best case scenario right you really would have wanted to beat arizona because utah's looking even better than arizona quite honestly but they didn't so you know if they can at least look respectable against utah and then come back home and beat toledo that's probably like the realistic best case scenario right now and who knows stuff can happen maybe they do beat utah Maybe, like I said, maybe Burmeister has finally started to find his groove and he can start throwing the ball well. There were a couple times where, like, early in the game and, and going back even to the Arizona game, he seems skittish almost. Like, he's just too quick to tuck the ball and run rather than making his reads. And there was one play that I actually thought kind of helped him early early in the game where he uh, you saw him... He checked his receiver. The receiver wasn't there. So he tried to tuck the ball and run, but he was swarmed. But he wasn't swarmed like nobody had their hands on him yet, right? He could still, he still had a little bit of space to move around, but there was no way he was getting out. There was no way he could run. So he had to untuck the ball and find a receiver, and he did. He did find that receiver. I don't think they got a first down out of it, but just that that whole process of like oh like I can't run I have to make this work this way I I think stuff like that can be can be helpful in in the long run here so that's I know football isn't my expertise but I still like to think I know a little bit more than your average you know casual fan but those are my thoughts on that hopefully This team can continue to get things figured out and can be, you know, at the very least bull eligible by the end of the season. It seems like that should be able to be the case, if only because the Mountain West has been bad so far this year, right? You had Nevada losing to an FCS team. I think, did Utah State just lose to an FCS team too? And both of them by like double digits, like they weren't close games. So the Mountain West seems bad this year. And so hopefully that can give the Aztecs some wins in and of itself. And then hopefully they can continue to improve and get better and the very least really compete for for like the the Mountain West Championship here. That would be nice again if they could go back to that game and win it this time. But right now it seems a little optimistic. But I also wouldn't say it's out of the question. I just I, I personally wouldn't bet on it right now, but that doesn't mean it can't happen. So there's the football recap for for just the second week. As far as basketball goes, I think when it when it comes to the hype, I think a lot of the hype has to do with this team, at least on paper, looking similar to the 2020 team which was was just a few seasons ago right there's a couple of players that were on that 2020 team that was really good I think they finished like sixth in Ken Palm right they were slated for a two seed they were competing for a one seed all year long and then when they lost the championship game that undoubtedly dropped them down to a two seed but still two seed is pretty good especially for like team in a in a group of five conference right so the they just they had a lot going for them they may have been faltering at the end but still like if that tournament happens the odds are pretty good that they're going to win at least one game and then we we aren't talking so much about like can Dutcher win that one game right when win that that first game at the very least and so that was a good team and this this coming up team this 2023 team Looks pretty similar on, on paper in, in a number of, of respects, right? You got, you have some core guys that have been here for a minute, uh, to help, to help build the team around. Right. And those guys in this case would be guys like, Adam Seiko, like Lamont Butler in his third year, Kashad Johnson in his fourth year, right? The the guys in the 2020 team, the big ones were were Matt Mitchell and Jordan Shackle. Uh Nathan Mensah was just in his second year, so maybe not quite. This year he would count, right? Because he's in his fifth year. But Jordan Shackle and Matt Mitchell were were undoubtedly the two. You had a couple others, of course as well right like nolan rain was a senior on that team but but shackle and mitchell were were the big ones and probably you know you could throw seiko in there as well he was just a a redshirt sophomore at the time and now he's coming to his sixth year on the mesa so you have like some program guys to build around you have some new transfers that should be having a pretty big impact right and obviously we start with Jaden Ladee who has been talked about as you know maybe averaging a double double during the season uh, he was recently voted by one publication the Mountain West Newcomer of the Year he's been talked about being able to challenge for Mountain West Player of the Year there's been that one, that one almanac that came out recently from field of 68, where they, they combined with people like a heat check men's basketball to, to put together the preseason preview almanac. And they said that they put Ledee as a second team all American in the preseason. So like they're expecting a lot from him. So you have this guy who's coming in with a lot of hype and also who spent last year in the program, figuring things out, which is a lot like Malachi Flynn in terms of story, right? Like a guy. Now the difference is Malachi Flynn was better for Washington state than Ladie was for either Ohio state or TCU. But the fact that they had that off season off to just work on their games and get better and learn their teammates, those things will help, right? You have a transfer coming in, in Darian Trammell, who can be the point guard, he'll help out with scoring, he'll help out with defense, right, it's not all that dissimilar, once again, like, impact-wise, I don't expect him to be Malachi Flynn, right, like, I don't expect him to be a second-team All-American, but, I think he'll have a similar kind of impact as Malachi Flynn in the sense of being able to run the offense, being able to score for himself or create for others, all those types of things, right? So you have Darian Shamel is kind of like the Malachi Flynn. You have Micah Parrish coming in, and he doesn't necessarily profile like any other transfers, but the point of, of you have some core guys being joined by some transfers that should be pretty good, right? And I think that year had like four or five transfers, honestly. And this year, this year doesn't. This year just has the three, but it's it's similar in concept. And then when you go down player by player, especially in the starting lineup, it adds a lot to that as well. So, for example, I just talked about Darian Tremel right, and how he, I am expecting, he will have a pretty similar role As Malachi Flynn had like he will be the primary ball handler he will be the one running the offense he'll have the ball in his hands most of the time to be able to make those decisions and it might not be as much because Malachi Flynn didn't have a player like Matt Bradley to play next to but I think it'll be similar in that regard you have a guy like Lamont Butler who is a fantastic perimeter defender and showed last year that when he was healthy he can stretch the floor and hit the three right and that sounds a lot like KJ Fagan and and Butler is a guy who who can run the pick and roll just like KJ Fagan could Fagan just didn't partially because he knew his best impact could be on the defensive end and partially just because Flynn was better at it right and that could very well be Butler this season now in Butler's defense, that could also not be Butler's season because Butler might show that like, you know, having another full off season to prepare and being healthy all year, he might show like, Hey, this is actually my team. And there were times last year, I remember I was looking back at old East village times pieces I put out and I think it was the first one I I did my weekly recaps and in the first one after Butler went down I wrote down that the way the team looked without him kind of showed that like this was Butler's team and it was especially early on because Matt Bradley hadn't quite found his rhythm yet and so it was like this is Butler's team like he's the guy that makes this team go offensively he is arguably the the if not the best and the most important player on the team right and you can see that by how they're playing without him and then later they kind of figured it out which was good cuz when he came back he wasn't quite himself and and we've gone over that over and over again but in in short there we know for sure Lamont Butler can fill that KJ Fagan kind of role of of I'm going to guard the opponent's best perimeter player and I'm going to hit open threes we know he can do those two things for sure and we know he can do them well he was all defense last year and like I said when when he was healthy the beginning and the end of the season he was shooting the ball he was shooting the ball well I think between those two spurts it was over 40 percent and then it was just the middle of the season when he was recovering from a number of different things that his percentages dropped so there's those two you switch up to The small forward, and that'll be Matt Bradley, right? And the small forward in 2020 was Jordan Shackle. And while they are definitely different players, in some ways you can use Matt Bradley similarly to Jordan Shackle. I do think Bradley is a more versatile player, so to limit him to that Jordan Shackle role is probably a disservice, but to throw in some of that Jordan Shackle stuff every once in a while, he can probably do, right? We know Matt Bradley can shoot the ball. He can shoot the three. And is he going to do it at a Jordan Shackle level? No, probably probably not, right? Jordan Shackle was just an amazing shooter. That year, he shot 40% from the line. And we know Matt Bradley is capable of that. Will he? Maybe not. It might be closer to 37 or, or 38, but he should get more catch-and-shoot opportunities from behind the arc this season and last season he shot much better on those catch-and-shoot opportunities than he did off the dribble and that's that he wasn't necessarily bad off the dribble he was just kind of average but those those attempts dragged his his overall percentage down right so he can do some of that floor spacing stuff. He can do some of that, you know, coming off of screens and shooting stuff. He can do that to a certain extent. So you can use him similarly, at least sometimes. You're going to want to give him more opportunities than a guy like Shackle had, but he can do some similar things. Then you got, I'm going going with what the team was at the beginning of the year, right? So you had Yanni Wetzel playing the four, playing the power forward. And Yanni Wetzel came in as a guy who was improperly utilized at his past team, right? Sounds like Jaden Ledee. He came in as a guy who had quick feet and was athletic and had more skill than your typical big man. Right? He wasn't he wasn't the most skilled big man ever, but definitely Above average in terms of like his ball handling and his shooting and things like that, and Jaden Ladie is getting a lot of comparisons for for those reasons. The difference being Jaden Ladie, you know, if the hype is is to be believed, Jaden Ladie will be even better, right? It seems like a Yanni Wetzel type season might be the floor for Jaden Ladee. Like if Jaden Ladee gets second team all Mountain West like Yanni did, that might honestly be a disappointment considering everything we've heard about him so far. But ultimately would still be a good season. Like in the grand scheme of things, it would just be relative to expectations. It would be disappointing. But so you have, you have that big, mobile, skilled, power forward to to add to the team and then you have nathan mensa who was on that 2020 team early on right In in the early games when they beat byu when they beat creighton when they beat iowa nathan mensa was was on those teams and he was he was just a sophomore and then he ended up missing most of the season with his uh lung clot issues but or you know the blood clots in his lungs rather but he is back again for his fifth season, which is, which is great. And he will be anchoring the defense just like he was then. So if that's the starting lineup, you can definitely see the parallels in there. And you know, maybe that's not the starting lineup. And if it's not, the parallels start to go away. Right. If for example, the other, I think, idea you can have for a starting lineup would be to replace Tremel in the lineup with kashad johnson and so now you have you know butler at the one bradley at the two johnson at the three and that team doesn't really look like 2020 so i guess this only works with the one lineup but i i there's been times and i've, I've posted one or two of them on instagram before but there's times where i'll watch tape of that old 20 team and be like, well, on paper at least, you can do the same type of stuff with this 2023 team coming up. You can do the same actions, the same plays, things of that nature. And because, like, they'll still work. Because the players, the reason those actions and those plays work were based on the skills of the players. And these players have comparable skill sets, at least at least on paper, right? And so... That, that thought at least has been giving me a lot of confidence and a lot of, a lot of, you know, optimism about this team and we need to see how it actually turns out. You know, it's possible the coaching system changes or the coaching staff changes up the system this year to fit players even better, which I mean, if it works better then fantastic, right? Uh, that 2020 team also just had really great chemistry. Everybody really seemed to like each other and, and get along. and uh, they were able to build off of that to make their sum greater than the sum of their parts, right? And we don't know if that will happen with this team or to what extent it will happen with this team. Chemistry can definitely be something that is that is often overlooked, especially if you're talking about how things look on paper, right? Cause it's, you can't really measure chemistry all that well, if, if at all. So that's something that needs to be looked at as well. And hopefully, you know, the guys come together and look really good, but those comparisons between the 2020 team and this upcoming 2023 team, I, I personally think are pretty strong and they happen to give me a lot of optimism. So I'm hoping to start off my week and by extension hopefully start off y'all's week as well with with some optimism here about the upcoming season but i think that will do it for this one aztec fans and we will catch you next time